0: Spectrum is brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. The Scripps College offers the foundation for individuals seeking to blend creativity and practice so that graduates have the freedom to direct their skills and move the world forward. Its faculty takes a multidisciplinary approach to academic, professional, and social growth so that graduates have relentless optimism to navigate the changing environment. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. I'm your host, Tom Hodson. On Spectrum, we cover a wide range of topics that are important to our lives. We feature journalists, authors, scholars, policymakers, activists, scientists, innovators, and some people who just have fascinating stories. Today, we have a special guest host, and a special guest. WOUB's Emily Votaw recently talked with veteran comedian, Louis Black. They discussed his views on comedy, his work with the Kurt Vonnegut Library and Museum, and his cautious optimism about the human condition.
1: I'm calling from an NPR affiliate that is based here on Ohio University's campus. And you're so known for being committed to the arts and education. And so I'm, I'm wondering, can you tell me more about that passion of yours? Why is it so, why is arts education so important?
2: No, arts are important because it it's like our insulation. It kind of allows us to step back in a variety of ways or to get closer in a variety of ways to life. it's It's the way in which we uh, interpret it. It's how we look at it. it's it enriches us in ways that you know that are you know that are astonishing. It changes our consciousness look art's in its own way is nobody wants to hear this but it it's a, in its own way it's it's a kind of a drug in the sense that it uh, it takes our consciousness and expands it and and for that uh you, you it's 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 vital and it's certainly vital for all members of society and the sooner that you know kids can be exposed to it the better and uh, uh and that's for sure and uh, education was always big with me because uh you know my mother was a substitute teacher. I've always felt the teachers the teachers I had were terrific, especially the junior high and high school I had but also you know all the way through they they you know they were really you know eighty percent exceptional the other twenty percent you know needed maybe needed some psychiatric care just from having to <laughs> talk for too long but it was but they really had a profound um effect on me and um and I've always felt. From the moment uh, that really uh, they 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 not since I went to school have they been paid really uh, commensurately with what they do. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, that that was a a solid middle class job and it isn't anymore. And that that alone is uh, reprehensible. You you can't compete in a society in which people are being offered all sorts of in, incentives to do something else and expect to get the best and the brightest teaching your students.
1: I'm also curious. Uh, I mean, what do you learn from working with like this morning with the, the kids at UNC? Like what, what what do you learn from them?
2: Well, I mean, I, I I learned today. You know, you you basically learn from from students at this point. Uh, you know, hopefully, where we're heading, and hopefully, it's a better place because uh, you know a lot of my generation really dropped the ball, didn't they? Yep, they did. And I'm and I'm more than willing to discuss this with any of them. Uh, they seriously, um, you know, and and some of it, you know, some of it is just life, but some of it is, you know. Um, You know, it's like you keep hearing people going, but, you know, uh, how come we're fighting this war? There's people my age. You know, what about us? How come we're going to send that money to the Ukraine? What about us? They are us. It's that simple. You know, you learn that as soon as we went to the moon, you learn that. When we look back at the planet and went, oh, we're all in this together. How do you forget that? How is that not indelibly... Yeah. And that's what, and partly my yelling about it right now has to do with being with those students today and kind of realizing, you know, I said, it's, you know, you know, that, uh, you know, people yell about millennials and there is, you know, I gather their, you know, their problems and all of that. And I kind of want to, and I kind of want to know what they're thinking. And I I really do. and and, and, uh, and there are millennials like in my generation, you know, like in my generation, there was, there, it's the same with all generations. They're schmucks and then they're not. So you, I, I kind of, they're, I, I, I'm I, interested in, you know, they, they're raised in a different world and I, uh, I know a few of my friends' kids, but, uh, it's really good to be able to, uh, to, to find out really in, in a variety of ways, what's going on. Why, do, why, why was it important to, for them to, uh, to have the pronouns you know they asked me today what my pronouns were i said i've never been asked ever in my whole life and i want to know you know and i kind of go i get that you know that you want to do that and i'm all for it if that's what you want to do and but for me and i didn't get that chance because i'm not doing the interviewing is why and i just instead of yelling about it ask why
1: Absolutely. I, and I can hear this in speaking with you now, but I mean, you've often been described as more of a, as a pissed off optimist than rather than a mean spirited curmudgeon. But I'm, I'm wondering, do you ever just, I mean, do you ever, are you ever just a mean spirited curmudgeon? And, and how do you find the strength to believe in the human race enough to transform from that into, you know, a pissed off optimist that your audience knows?
2: Well, because I always thought it's it could be better. I mean, everybody knows it can be better. You just don't find this acceptable. It's nonsense. Living in the richest country on earth, and they don't know what to do with the money. Living in the richest country country on earth, and they're whining for years. You know, the rest of the world paid more for oil, and and whenever we have to pay more for oil, we start stomping our feet. Meanwhile, they they didn't find it difficult to buy water at ten dollars a gallon and go to a store. Or you know that they you know the coffee went up in price like the you know like you know percentage wise like cocaine for crying out loud that doesn't disturb them, but boy my oil you know really so you're gonna put the money into coffee you know okay I get that that you didn't have any problem complaining about the price of coffee and you built and you built empires of, you know you built the Starbucks empire. On, on the on the love of a, of a you know a five dollar cup of coffee, idiots. We're idiots. I,
1: I mean, so I mean, you're. I can hear this now. I mean, you're so masterful at transforming these really depressing, stark realities of contemporary life into comedy. I'm 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 really curious. What what do you see? Like, what's the connection there? What's the connection between these tragic things and uh, I mean, comedy? I mean, yeah.
2: Well, comedy's the way in which you you kind of know uh, you 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 know you, you 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 step back for a moment away from this and laugh about how dumb it is, so that you can go ahead and and do it some more. It's like it's like why you go. It's the same thing about going to the gym, so that you you know as you get older, you don't you know you you've got a certain amount of strength left, and why you continue to exercise and stuff like that. It's the same thing. You you know humor is a muscle. Your, your sense of humor is a muscle, and it's got to be. Uh, you know, you need to uh, work on it. And we didn't. We weren't. You know, it's the one. Uh, what's interesting is, I, I kind of. You know, I finally <clears throat> realized it dawned on me one day. It's, 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 it's a muscle that was when I was in school, and even now uh, in high schools, isn't they don't. There's no. You know, there's no one deals with that muscle. You know, you you stumble on that with your friends. Okay. Uh, and then maybe if you're lucky, like I was, is, you know, you got parents who were very funny and your friends are very funny. But, uh, you know, or you, you're lucky enough to read Vonnegut or Joseph Heller when you're a kid. And uh, and, it, and you kind of go, oh, this is, oh, I get it now. I'm not crazy. And that's part of it, too. Comedy allows you to realize you're not crazy.
1: Last year, you were elected chair of the Kurt Vonnegut Museum and Library after supporting the museum for, for so long. And um, I really wanted to ask you, I mean, I mean, what does it mean to you to be the chair of that institution? And what lessons from Vonnegut do you think Americans need the most right now?
2: Well, I mean, it means, for me to be the chair, of that means that they've actually run out of competent people. Because <laughs> 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 I said, I, there's only so much I can do. As as the chair, I'm, it's not like what I'm, you know, what my skill set is built for, but I can certainly, you know, talk, talk about it. And, uh, and I think that it was important that the state of Indiana and the city of Indianapolis, uh, you know, kind of... Um, he created a place and a space where uh, his work was honored. He was uh, partly, I mean, you know, it's partly I became involved with because he had an a, a extraordinary effect on me. You know, I was uh, I read him and I thought, wow, uh, you know, for years I'd been wondering, you know, is there an adult out there who really can see how insane this is? And when I read Vonnegut, I went, yes, there is. And it's not just that, just in terms of getting kids to read. Um, I think it's vital is that he's simple and profound. And, there's, uh, and that's really quite something.
1: Why do you think that muscle of comedy like that, why isn't that like something that's taught in schools? Is it because there's a level of danger to authority in it? I mean, what is, why is that not?
2: Yeah, that's exactly, you nailed it. That's exactly what it is. You know, all of a sudden, these kids are going to be going, you're giving them a weapon. You know, all of a sudden, the teacher's going to have to deal with kids who've got a a sense of irony and uh, sarcasm. And uh, and it's going to you know, it might make it tougher to teach. But uh, I think once we get over that. (laughs) It should should work out if we can get by it. But it's certainly something you don't have to like you can sneak it in without, you know, you know, having a, you know, kind of giving a you know, an arsenal.
1: A lot of our listeners are involved in education here at the university, whether they're students or instructors. Um, How can instructors maybe present comedy to students in a way that is meaningful?
2: I mean, it's, you know, know, I don't know how you're doing math. But I did. Have, it's a little elusive, um, but I'm sure there are people I'm, I bet, you know, uh, all it would take really is for, you know, the, those departments to sit down and go, you know, you know, where can we find the funny here? Because, uh, I mean, to me, the funny always in terms of math was as you're teaching me this stuff and I, you know, and, and meanwhile, you're not teaching me how to use it in a tax form. Well, that would have been good. Um, it's. It's the practicalities of it, you know. But uh, I think that in uh, you know English, their books you can leave, you know, you know, there's some, they're, they're great humorous. I mean, you know, you know, you start Twain, you know, uh, Swift, Heller, but you know, uh, Joseph Heller's Catch twenty two still holds. I'm not even beginning to scratch the surface because it's my brain is not operating at full function at this time of the day. But it's there are a number of writers, gifted comedy writers that uh, are well worth, you know, uh, pointing kids in the direction of.
1: You are an entertainer, you're a comedian, but you've also always been highly involved in these, like, civic-type causes. And, I mean, I'm wondering, uh, from your perspective, like, what is the role of a comedian, like, sort of in the overall American identity?
2: Uh, Make people laugh. That's every comic will tell you that. That's it. You know, anything else is uh, gravy, you know you know, a lot of the backlash that occurs with comics is is, is which is ludicrous. Is, is that somehow we affect the world? Um, and we might at times there might be a certain <laughs> effect, but they're really it's so minimal as to be staggering. People laugh, they step back, they laugh, and then they and then they go back to their lives, and uh, nothing has changed <laughs> except that they got a little respite. And so that to me is what. What we're there for is kind of like a mini vacation, and uh, and every everyone will say it. I mean, it's what uh, John Stewart has said. You know, we don't go to we don't go out there to educate. We go out there to make people laugh. What you find when you're dealing with that is, is that uh, people applaud. You know, you know, I, I'll do something, and uh, I'm, I really want to laugh, and they'll applaud. And it's like, oh boy, now I got to work on this. I don't need the employee. I mean, you really are. Oh, you had a good thought. Yay! No, you want um, a good joke. Good thoughts are nice, but really, you want to make people laugh. If they think that's that's gravy, but we didn't go out there to do that. But but you know that's the thing too. I mean, when you when you do a joke, it's you're basically uh, you know you're engaging people in their thought process.
1: Wow. It's, it's been such a pl- privilege to speak with you this morning. Thank you again. <laughs> I hope you have a great rest of your day.
2: You too. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Bye-bye.
0: Today, WOUB's Emily Votar has been talking with comedian Lewis Black about his views on comedy. Spectrum is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our co-producer. I'm your host, Tom Hodson. Please subscribe to Spectrum. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or at NPR One. And Spectrum also is available through the NPR Podcast Directory. We always welcome your feedback, so please rate our podcast or review it through one of your favorite podcast outlets. If you have questions or comments about this podcast or have suggested topics for us to cover, please direct them to me by email. You can do that at, at Ohio dot edu. Hanson, hodson at ohio.edu. That's hodson, H O D S O N, at ohio.edu. Have a good day, everyone.